You're listening to the Power of a Cookie podcast, episode number 22. Welcome to the Power of a Cookie podcast. See how cookie decorators are using cookies to make the world better, one cookie at a time. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa Snyder, the Barefoot Baker. I cannot even begin to tell you how wonderful it is to be sitting here in front of my computer on this podcast talking to you because, as you guys may know, I've had a few issues lately, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk to you about Bouncer, the Big Bad Brain Tumor. I um, I had a brain tumor removed a week and two days ago, which not bad. I'm feeling wonderful. I'm still tired. I, I can't get my energy and strength back, which I this if you saw the size of the brain tumor, you would probably understand why. Um, I have a picture that I'm going to put on the blog post, and I'll put it at the very bottom. So if you don't want to see it, you don't have to, but it will be a picture of the scan, the MRI that they took of my brain and the size of the brain tumor. One doctor said it was the size of a biscuit. Um, He said that it was larger than a lime, and someone at the hospital, and I can't remember exactly who it was, said it was about the size of a tennis ball. So um, I have really had some issues, and that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today a little bit, about how I ended up in surgery. So... First of all, I just, I, I haven't felt well in probably two years, and it's not that I was deathly ill in two years, but I just started feeling different, and I would ask my husband a question. My husband's name is Alan. I would ask Alan a question, and he would answer me, and then a minute later, I asked him the same question, and of course, he would say, I've already answered that, and I'm like, no, you haven't. Stop teasing me. So... Um, we started noticing things. And then even my blog post, I love making cookies. I cannot tell you. My job is the most fun job in the world. I absolutely love what I do. I don't even look at it as a job. It's just part of my life, making cookies and sharing with you guys how I make them. I mean, it that is just like... Uh, unbelievable to me. I I love that you want to see what I do. And it has been fantastic. So as far as my job, when I started typing the post, I noticed that it was taking a lot longer to do the post. Like I had a routine, I had a schedule, I knew what I was doing, and I enjoyed doing it. Like I said, I love my job. I absolutely love it. Well, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how I was not feeling well. In October, I got pretty sick and um, very nauseous and vomiting. And um, I just, I couldn't get beyond that. As a matter of fact, since Thanksgiving, I've lost 46 pounds, which is not good. And one day I had been sick for about six days. And I told my husband, I said, I need help. Someone needs to help me because there is definitely something very, very, very wrong with me. And he looked at me and he said, okay. 
um, I'm going to get you a new doctor, which is one thing that I definitely needed. I needed a new doctor. And so he found this lady and we went to see her and she, she, the office told Alan to expect to be there at least one hour with the doctor. She was going to spend an hour with me. Well, I've never had a doctor spend an hour with me. So I thought that was kind of odd. And I honestly didn't think it was going to happen, but it did. We went and saw her. She examined me. She talked to me. She typed everything that I said. She asked so many questions. And at the end of the visit, she said, I need to send you for an MRI. And I said, okay, that's, that's perfectly fine. I'm extremely claustrophobic. That's like one of the biggest fears that I have is being claustrophobic. But I was willing to do that, absolutely, because, you know, she was suggesting it. So her office scheduled an MRI like a day later. It may have been two days later. You know, excuse me, I can't remember perfectly, but I think it was the next day. And we went for the MRI. Well, when I had the MRI, Alan told me as I went back, you know, to have it, he said, I'm going to go to the car for a minute and make a couple of work phone calls. And I said, okay. So I went in the MRI and there was this nicest man there and he was helping me. And halfway through the MRI, the machine stopped. And I thought, hey, I did it. Yes, I did the MRI. I'm not as claustrophobic as I thought I was. Yay. And the table started moving and he moved me out. When he moved me out, I felt my hand. I still had the little thing over my face and everything. I felt my hand and he picked my hand up and he put it on his heart in both of his hands. He was like, you know, holding my hand. And he said, I'm so sorry. And I looked at him, I said, okay, what's going on? And he said, um, we need to do the contrast with you. He said, we do see something. He said, I don't want to scare you. I don't want you to think that it's anything because it could be nothing. He said, but we see something that we need to get a better look at. He said, and I'm so sorry. I, I don't want you to be scared at all. And I said, I'm not scared. I said, but as far as the contrast goes, my uncle had a procedure once and he had an allergy to what the contrast, whatever that is, he had an allergy. And he made us all promise that if we ever had an MRI with contrast, that we would, you know, be sure to tell our, our spouses. So is there any way that you could go out to my car and get Alan and let me see him before you give me the contrast? I said, normally I wouldn't ask this, but since I did promise my uncle and he said, absolutely. So he sent someone out to the car to get Alan and uh, actually my Jeep Alan wasn't in the Jeep. He was in the waiting room. So <laughs> um, I guess he made his phone calls really quick and he came back in. But then he came back there and talked to me. And I just told him, I said, you know, I just wanted you to be in the building in case, you know, I had an allergy or something. He said, okay. So the gentleman got my hand again and, and squeezed my hand. And he said, okay. He said, I'm going to give you the contrast. As soon as he did that, I started shaking. I guess my nerves at that point just had had they they reached their limit so I started just seriously seriously shaking and he got a blanket and he put a blanket on me and that did help a little bit and then I went back in the machine and completed the MRI and um 
no big deal. I, I was so proud of how I did that because seriously, claustrophobic, if you're claustrophobic, then you know what I'm talking about. That's a scary machine, but it wasn't. It wasn't that time. So anyways, um, they pulled me out and then I got to go back to my room and, you know, get dressed and uh, go home. So when I went home again, violently ill, I, I couldn't walk away from, I called it my bucket buddy. It was my little trash can. I'm sorry, but you know, so I laid on the couch with my bucket buddy and uh, was just sick all night long, just very, very sick. The next day I was still on the couch. I couldn't even get up and go to bed. I was so sick. And um, the next day I heard Alan in the kitchen talking on the phone and, and I could tell it was a very, he was very focused on what was being said to him, and I could tell he was very focused what he was saying back. But again, you know, I I couldn't comprehend everything that was going on because I was still just, if I moved, then I was in trouble, I was sick. And so um, Alan finally came in the living room, and I was laying on the couch, and he sat down on the love seat, which makes an L shape in our house, and he sat down and he said, Lisa, wake up. And I opened my eyes and I rolled my head back at him because I couldn't hardly hold my head up, you know. And I rolled my head back at him and I said, what is it? And he said, you have a brain tumor. And I just, I didn't move. I just stayed there. I I didn't move at all. And then Alan kind of got teary-eyed and he started like fanning his face with his hands, which I've only seen the man cry once in our 31 years of marriage. And he said, I'm really upset, and I set up, I finally, I don't know, God just gave me the courage and the energy and the strength, and I set up, and I looked at him, and I said, and the girl with the brain tumor can't be upset, (laughs) and I just started laughing, and he said, you have to get ready, he said, the doctor wants us in his office in one hour, and it takes us an hour and 15 minutes to get there, and I said, I don't know that I can get up and get dressed because I'm sick, he said, you're gonna get up and get dressed, he said, I don't care if you're sick, he said, we are going to the doctor, so we he went one way and I went the other, praise the Lord. Um, I went and he helped me actually walk back to, to the room, to my room to, you know, get my clothes and stuff. And so, um, I started getting dressed and he was grabbing things and throwing things around and everything. So we made it to the doctor's office. It took us longer than an hour. It probably took us longer than an hour and 15 minutes, but we got there. We got to the doctor's office and I met Dr. Abel and Dr. Abel explained that I needed surgery and he explained that I needed surgery pretty quick. So he was going to do it on Tuesday. And so, um, I was like, okay, that sounds, that sounds great. That's what we'll do. But I was just so it wasn't that I was upset that I had a tumor. I really thought that, you know, I was going to be in a lot of pain or that, you know, Jesus may call me home. I mean, I really thought that I might be going to see my grandmother in heaven, you know, but I wasn't. So I'm not, I haven't. So that's fantastic that I still have a purpose here on earth. So when 
We, we were supposed to be at the hospital Tuesday at 6 o'clock in the morning. Well, they called the night before, and they said, hey, there's a lot of people that are checking in for surgery Tuesday at 6. Is there any way you can be here at 5.30? And I said, absolutely, we'll be there at 5.30. So um, we were there at 5.30. By 5.39, they had me in a room um, getting ready. I mean, I was I was putting on the hospital gown and, and getting ready. And then shortly thereafter, Alan, they asked him to leave the room and because they were going to take me and do all the med- pre-medical stuff that they needed to do. And um, they were wheeling me out to take me to surgery after a while, after they got all that stuff done. And they said that I get to see my family before I go back. And I said, oh, that's wonderful because all three of my children were there. My daughter-in-law was there and my husband, Alan, was there. So um, I got to see them. And it was funny because one of the nurses, when we're all standing around, you know, it was kind of a little awkward because I, I didn't know what to say, to be honest. But um, I was telling them that I loved them and everything. One of the nurses asked me, she said, are you going to name your tumor? And I said, absolutely, he's going to have a name. I said, but I don't know what it is yet. And she said, well, it's kind of like childbirth. Sometimes you have to wait and see, you know, what it looks like or who it is or whatever before you give it a name. I said, well, he will have a name eventually. I promise you he's gonna have a name and so um my kids they said okay it's time for you to go back and my kids all you know patted my legs or my arm or my shoulder and they said we love you mom I said I love you guys too and you know what Alan said to me he is the he's the cutest man ever (laughs) he said have fun I'll see you when it's over (laughs) and I was like I started laughing I said yes you will I will see you when it's over and so they took me back and the next thing that I know I woke up and this is hilarious um I like basketball. I like Tennessee Volunteers basketball. And there's two players on the team. One of them is Admiral Schofield, and one of them is Grant Williams. They call themselves Peanut Butter and Jelly. That's their name for each other. Well, then my granddaughter is four years old. Her name is Brooke, and she sings a Peanut Butter and Jelly song to me sometimes on FaceTime or something. So when they woke me up from surgery, the doctor said, we need you to raise your arms up over your head. They were checking my mobility. So I took my arms and I raised them over my head and I just screamed, touchdown, Tennessee. (laughs) I have no idea where that came from. And I put my arms down almost immediately and I said, I wonder if peanut butter and jelly is going to come visit me. They're going to come visit me while I'm in the hospital. I don't want to meet those boys. I would like to. It would be nice to because they seem like nice guys. But, you know, I don't, I'm not obsessed with them and follow them around or anything. So my kids and Alan were in the room, you know, when all this was going on and they were just laughing. They thought it was funny. Well, then I saw Tyler. Tyler's my middle son. And Tyler's a good cook. He can, that kid, he, he can do anything, which all three of them, I think, can do anything that they want to do. But I looked at Tyler and I said, Tyler can you make me some chicken and dumplings? And he said, sure, we'll eat some chicken and dumplings together. And I said, I don't want to eat them. I just want to watch you make it. So I was very loopy (laughs) and very out of it. But 
the point is with that, I they were talking to me. I was talking to them. Everything was great. Well, then eventually I went to the ICU, and I stayed there for a little while and met the sweetest, kindest nurse ever. She's wanting to learn how to decorate cakes, and I have invited her to be on the Cookie Network with me, and she's going to come and be on the Cookie Network. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I'm lining that up. Um, I'm not going to do that until after my two-week follow-up on April the 4th. I go and I have the staples removed. And in six months, I have another MRI just to make sure that my brain is healing well and that nothing is coming back. That bouncer didn't have a friend that he left behind or anything. But um, but the nurse, she's super, super sweet girl, super sweet girl. So, okay, so let me get to the next step. The next step after ICU, I went to a regular room. And I went, I think, pretty quick. Um, I don't know the day's right now because I don't have my calendar in front of me and I can't remember all that stuff. But um, we went to a regular room and when I went in, there was a girl, a, a nurse named Josephine. And let me tell you, she, again, one of the sweetest people ever. She wrote on my chart that I was the nicest patient in the hospital. And another nurse came in and told me that she wrote that. And I I didn't think I was being nice. I thought I was being a girl that just had a giant tumor removed from her head. But I did, I really respected everybody there. Everyone at UT Hospital treated me like I was the most important person in the world. And they did anything in the world that they thought that was going to help me get better. And you know, it did. It really did. Well, through this, um, I have my oldest son his name is Chase he's reading me Facebook messages he's reading me stuff on Instagram stuff that you guys wrote all of you wrote he's reading how people are sending me bear hugs people are praying for me and my friend Callie Sweet Sugar Bell set up a GoFundMe page where people could donate money I had no idea that you guys even a lot of you even knew who I was. I mean, I knew that I was a blogger. I knew that I have written a book. And I know that I go to CookieCon. I love CookieCon, one of my favorite places to meet people who share the love of cookies and who want to learn like I want to learn. I want to learn from you guys. I want to learn what you do. So I was absolutely amazed at what was happening in my life. And let me tell you, the love that you guys sent me the prayers that you guys sent me, I felt it. I could feel it. We live at a Christian camp, and, and I'm in Tennessee, and at the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but at this Christian camp that we live at, there is a mission team that comes every year. They come right before fall. I mean, right before fall. They raise money at their church and in their town, and then they come here and they build things or they work on things and they help us, you know, help the children. And so um, my husband got a phone call from one of the guys on the mission team, and he was wanting to talk about, you know, the project that they were going to work on this fall. And Alan said, I am so sorry. He said, I can't talk to you about this right now because Lisa has a massive brain tumor and, you know, they're doing surgery on her tomorrow. He said, so I'll have to get with you after, after the surgery. And the gentleman said, you know what? He said, I hate to hear that, he said, but I'm go we're going to pray for her. He said, and we have a ministry 
at a prison, he said, and I'm going to get all the guys in the prison to pray for her and lift her up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, he said, because that's what they want to do. So I've had people that I have never met, never heard of, probably will never meet in my life, which I would love to meet everyone, but people praying for me and people lifting me up. You have no idea how I felt it. I seriously, seriously felt it. And and that's what's helping me heal. I mean, can you hear my voice? I feel 15 years younger. I have energy. As a matter of fact, this morning when I woke up, um, I actually cried. I haven't cried through the whole thing at all. Um, I don't know why I should have cried. Big bouncer in my head, but I haven't cried. Um, but I cried this morning because when I woke up, I could not believe how good I felt. I don't have headaches. I don't have pressure in my brain. I'm not nauseous. I'm not sick. I feel like my old self. And I honestly cannot tell you how thankful I am for each and every one of you that said a prayer, sent me a bear hug, had a thought, donated to the GoFundMe page. I honestly... I wish I, like I said, I wish I could meet each and every one of you and hug you and tell you how much I love you because I do. This is the biggest thing that I've ever seen in anybody's life. It is. And if you see the picture of the brain tumor, um, then you're going to, you're going to see how, how big it was because it definitely was the size of a biscuit or bigger than a lime. I mean, it was a massive, massive brain tumor. So to, to have this happen and to have it happen to me and to have you guys love me the way that you've loved me, you have no idea how you've touched my life. I mean, seriously, God is in control. It was not time for me to go home. One day it will be, but God wants me to be here. And God wants me to take my story and he wants me to share it because you guys have no idea how much you've changed my life. And I am so thankful and so grateful. And I love each and every one of you. I really and truly do. I also wanted to mention my daughter, Madison. She is a fourth grade teacher. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's kind. This girl can do absolutely anything in the world. She's coming up on Friday and she's going to help me, you know, reply with some <laughs> thank you cards and, and thank yous on Facebook and, and the GoFundMe page. So I'm working on that. I haven't, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm almost there. But Madison's coming to help me with that on Friday. Thank you, Madison. You're the best. <laughs> so I, again, just wanted to let you guys know that. Now, I know that the next cookie con has been announced. It's going to be, um, I may have to make some noise here and get my book. I think it's February 26th in Lexington, Kentucky. And you better believe I'm going to be there. I am going to be there. And I hope you're there. And I hope you will allow me to give you the biggest bear hug ever. <laughs> I think that will be so wonderful. But I, I don't know what else to do except say thank you and praise the Lord for you because I still feel you praying for me. I still feel you reaching out for me, and I am so grateful. You have no idea, and I love each and every one of you, and um, 
I'll, I'll say this, April the 4th, I go back to the doctor and he's going to remove the staples. I may have already said that. can't remember, to be honest, but he's going to remove the staples. And then in six months, I go for an MRI. But after April the 4th, as you can tell, I'm sitting here right now doing a podcast, which is fantastic. I am, this feels good. This feels like what I'm supposed to be doing. This feels like I'm ready to get back into cookies. I have some good ideas. There is a bouncer, the big bad brain tumor cookie coming up. So <laughs> it's not going to be gross, I promise. But I'm making a brain out of an egg cutter. And then the there's a circle that has been cut out of it. And the circle is going to be the removable tumor. So when I go to the doctor's office on April 4th, I'm taking his entire staff um, a, a brain tumor removal cookie. I don't know what to call it, but I guess <laughs> I guess that's what it is. So I'm going to take that to them, but I'm ready to get back. I have some good ideas. And like I said, I have a nurse that's going to come and decorate a cake with me. I have a friend who I've had here from camp for years. He has a daughter that's nine. Um, she's going to come and bake a dessert with me. So I'm excited because she has her dessert that she wants to make. And then I'm going to teach her how to make a cookie. So if you have a daughter or a son or grandkids or anything that want to learn how to make cookies, then um, Miss Megan is going to help me help me make cookies and I'm going to show how to do it. So maybe we can do it where you guys can do it as well. And um, also my granddaughter Brooke is allergic to eggs, so she can't have royal icing. So I'm going to work a little bit on some um, cookies with buttercream and I think that's going to be fun. So I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things that I want to do that I cannot wait to get back to do. But before I start standing a lot, because like I said, the one thing that is still bothering me is I get tired pretty easy. Um, no wonder because I mean I had major surgery so but but I'm doing things like today I've, I've done dishes I've done a little bit of laundry I've swept the kitchen floor which I'm going very slow and I take a break in between each thing that I do but I'm getting back to myself and I can't tell you how how great that feels but I want to say this to you all and then I'm going to let you go I love each and every one of you, and I am so thankful and so grateful that I honestly don't think I would be here today if it wasn't for you. I really don't, because I felt your prayers. This is the biggest thing that I've ever seen happen in anybody's life, and it happened to me, and I am so, so thankful. You guys, stay tuned, because I'm coming with cookies. I'm coming I'm coming back very, very soon. I love you all, and I really hope that I get to see a lot of you at CookieCon in February. So if you go to CookieCon in February, you better be prepared, because I'm going to be giving out bear hugs. I mean, I'm going to be hugging everybody. I, I hope I don't hug the wrong person. <laughs> but seriously, I will see you in February, but I will be back with cookies very, very shortly. Thanks for listening to the Power of a Cookie podcast at thebarefootmaker.com.